Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast with somehow less hits than the St. Louis Cardinals. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hi, everybody. And this week, we're talking about some of the recent roster moves, the continuation of the struggles at shortstop, the pitching, our bullpen, and some news and notes from around the league. to Cardinal 70 from The Bird Scored for that opening joke. If you have an idea for the opening joke, tweet us at TalkAboutBirds or consider joining our Bird Scored at Patreon. Uh, ben, how you doing this week? I know we talked a little bit before we recorded. Um, yeah. This is just, you're having a breakout season, I guess. Uh, let's just get right to it. A, a season of firsts. We've yeah, talked well, about your foul ball. Uh, which... I have. Uh, I did want to make sure that I had this to show it off. Look nice. at that. Wow. Scuff and yeah. everything. Amazing. Looks good. Looks good. Looks like a baseball. Um, so I, I honestly, Nate, I feel like absolute garbage today. <laughs> I, I feel like trash. Um, and is that, I guess I'm wondering how that's different. Is that just your normal, <laughs> the normal weight of your existence or is there some sort of uh, something new to talk about. I guess this is new. I mean, it's the same story, different day, I guess, but there is a new wrinkle in it. Um, okay. A- as you were saying, I caught my first foul ball this season, which was the first time that has ever happened in my 33 years of being on this earth. Um, nice. So thank you to the baseball gods there. And I think I even said on the episode, the other two baseball-y things that I need to do that haven't happened yet is sit in the green seats at Bush, which at some point I will do, and get on the Jumbotron. Because in like, a, you know, in this 33 years I've been on this earth um, again, uh, never been on the Jumbotron Tron with my knowledge. I am sure that I've been in the background sure. or something like that and either not yeah. noticed myself or, or whatever, but I've never been on it and noticed it. Um, and, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll preview this story with the idea that I have um, and, and, or a belief that I hold really. And that is if you are on the Jumbotron, and you have something in your hand to drink, you have to ch- like kind of get in position. Nobody can see what yeah. I'm doing right now, yeah. but get in position and finish whatever the drink you that you have it. in your hand. Um, I think that should apply to food as well, by the way. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Like I, so I had a pretzel. I was at the Rockies game last night, which the Rockies got blown out like nine to one or something like that. It was a miserable game. Standard like, Rockies affair. <laughs> and it was like 50 degrees out. So it just wasn't a great game to be at. Yeah. But we were there. Um, so anyway, and I actually had a pretzel with cheese that night. So that would have been really funny, like cramming an entire soft pretzel into my mouth. Yeah. But unfortunately, all I had was a beer at this point in the game. And I bought a, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Dale's pale, um, mm-hmm. a shout out Dale's, uh, or Oscar blues. Um, they sponsor this podcast fully. Um, next time you're at your local grocery store and you buy some Dale's, make sure to enter the promo code hashtag. Ben loves Dale. And, uh, <laughs> you'll get you'll get a twenty percent off. Just say that to the checkout person, mm-hmm. and it'll they'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, if you had Dale's before, it's a tasty beer, but it's a pretty heavy pale ale, right? right. And I just bought a twenty four ounce one, <laughs> and I clearly wasn't thinking very clearly. And we're sitting up in the club level, and the guy, the camera guy. I mean, it was Ooh-la-la. it was. 
Uh, yeah, we're very classy. Yeah. Um, the camera guy just, there, you know, the place is empty. Basically, the camera guy walks up, stands right in front of us and basically points at us. And I go, oh, my God, it's going to happen. And I, I think I, I said to uh, Michael, who was sitting next to me, as soon as the red light comes on, I'm chugging this beer. <laughs> the light comes on. I don't even get to look at myself on the Jumbotron, which was foolish. But I saw the light come on through my head back, chug the whole beer. I'm like wow. coughing and spitting up on myself. <laughs> crush the can in my hand and then i think i gave like the the devil horns or, or something oh like that <laughs> peak ben this, peak, is, I, this is the, the best you've ever been i i ben. really felt great in that moment and then of course yeah. you know i give the devil horns and i'm trying to like look at the camera to be a, more of a weirdo and then yeah. it cuts away but i got my whole chug on the jumbotron nice now do you know like because normally when or often when people are on the jumbotron, they're put in there for some sort of mid inning event, you know, kissing, whatever, um, you know, look at these children dance. Was there like some sort of biggest slob in the, uh, <laughs> the stadium event going on? Oh, look wow. at this trash can, something like that, where like you were targeted or was this just a random, uh, occurrence? What a long walk for you to be an asshole. Um, no, yeah, it was a random occurrence, and I think really what it came down to is it was like the like the sixth or seventh inning, and it was yeah. cold out, and there were like maybe, the last ones there. There was maybe three thousand people in the yeah. stadium, and I happened to be wearing a Rockies hat, so they were mm. like, "Hey, this is a Rockies fan." And and, and I should also mention, they, they made the poorest decision they've, <laughs> they've ever made. I should all they it wasn't wholly focused on me. They shot our sure. uh, the little party that we were with. It wasn't just yeah. about me. Well, I probably should have been because I obviously. Showed up Start and showed show. out. Yeah. Did, um, you, did you get this? Did anyone get this on camera? Do you have any, um, you know, evidence of this? No, no, absolutely. Oh. I look over at Mary, my, my fiance and I go, Hey, did you get, did you film that? And she's like, no, I was, I was looking at you. I was also <laughs> chugging my 24 ounce. <laughs> no, I think I got like the, I was with three people of my fiance yeah. being one of them. And I think I got the light eye roll and like, all right, let's go back to watching the game. <laughs> no one was impressed. Um, the best $14 you've ever spent though, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I didn't even pay for that beer. So jokes on Hell her. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, chugging a 24 ounce, like 8% beer kind of set me up for failure. And I'm feeling <laughs> that failure this morning, um, through my liquid IVs and, and coffee. And I actually, I woke up and made myself some like greasy hash browns trying to nice. uh, get myself yeah. back online. But yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. Uh, am I proud? Yes. Uh, yeah. would I do it again? Every time I will <laughs> Every do time. that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't feel great today. Okay. Well, I'm proud of you too. What a story! That, I mean, you. you you're living the dream. This is, uh, you know, the Rockies are slightly better than everyone thought they would be at least this first <laughs> uh, month, and you've caught a foul ball and you've been on the jumbotron. Um, what what more could a uh, could a fan ask for? You know, because these things just keep happening, and I, I guess I'm just going to throw the challenge out to the universe. The next thing that I'd like to have happen is to play one of the like fan games on the jumbotron. Mm. Um, they, you know, at the F cores, they do like Rockies yeah. trivia or you, you sure. play cornhole to win like a, a Coors duffel bag or something like that. Um, that's, that's the next thing I want to have happen. And, and I guess we'll see. Yeah. At home opener, they, they did that, um, game where it's like a sort of like a roulette wheel and it's going around like a free hot dog, $20 at quick trip. And they have this guy and 
you know, it's like keep it rolling or, or something like that. Um, you know, you can either keep what you got. Like no whammies go. type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that. And um, they're like, he's like, oh, do you want the $20 in gas? And he's like, keep no whammies or keep it rolling or whatever. And they do it three times in the last one. Uh, it, it ends on like a thing that I don't even think was up there at first. And it's a signed Willie McGee baseball. Oh, man. And it's like. This shit's rigged. I start yeah. screaming <laughs> like I get escorted out. It was a whole thing, but um, <laughs> I hope to get on, uh, get into one of those games as well. Um, I went to the game on Saturday, uh, me, Molly, and our two young children, which was uh, an experience. We had bleacher seats and uh, we went, you know, just because we love to go to games that also got my uh, Nolan Ooh. Arenado and his dog bobblehead here uh it's got a giant purina for like <laughs> you can billboard. That off. yeah yeah i've been thinking about dremel tooling it out of there uh but it's great uh it was funny though because arenado was uh Suspended. taking his one game suspension on his yeah. first cardinal bobblehead game and uh it was a pretty bad game uh you know but it was uh it was still fun to be there i thought i was gonna get a jumbotron moment we're in the bleachers I've got my almost five-year-old daughter. They're doing a thing where like Fred Bird is dancing and you're supposed to like mimic the dance that right, Fred like Bird's lost, doing. Like Fred Bird or something. Yeah. And uh, uh, I had a whole like the bleachers were, I'd say, 50% occupied for this game. Uh, and so we had some space around us. Molly and our younger daughter were uh, up at the bathroom or getting a beer and uh the camera guy comes down and he's pointed right at our section. And I've got an adorable little girl. We're doing exactly what Fred Bird is doing. I'm like <laughs> watching her and also staring up at the Jumbotron because I'm certain that we were going to be on it. And uh, no dice. So that's ice was, cold. Uh, yeah, it was super ice cold. So, of course, I shoved the guy over the wall into the uh, <laughs> into the outfield and I get escorted out and sure, you know, sure. two strikes now. So, uh but you know, a man's got to have principles. You know, <laughs> it's a good, a good line to draw. I think that's very brave of you. I, uh, I want to make a, a quick comment on that uh, bobblehead, though. Uh, yeah, it is absolutely a crime, um, uh, on scale with I don't know what. I mean, I'm horrified by the fact that the dog's head doesn't bobble. You know what? This is the maddest I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. And you're absolutely right. Why is it not bobbling? It's that, yeah, that's, that's it's, stupid. Honestly, any anyone who's associated with the front office of the Cardinals, please we we need to raise hell on this. Yeah. That's that's absolute now I hate this thing. <laughs> uh, I just I think it's funny Make too. It. It's just in like jeans and a t shirt, you know? Right. It's like it's very strange. Nolan on his off day. It's it's probably what he was vibing on uh, when that day he was suspended. <laughs> the Do you think he head sits at home out. wearing his own jersey? Probably. I would. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, I, I think that is an intense man. That is probably he's just always they they've uh, there have been stories of Nolan having dinner with people at his house and a, ha- holding a bat in one hand while he's eating. <laughs> I don't think he sits. He might not. He is the most fidgety person. I've ever seen. He yes. he just he's always it's like he got struck by lightning when he was like four <laughs> and the energy is still in him just bouncing around. Some like weird like street level superhero that just yeah. can't stop. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah you know, we had to... Brad Miller for that one year, and I thought Brad Miller was like, oh, my God, that guy's always picking at his jersey or moving or or, or fixing something or whatever. And, yeah, Nolan is just, oh, yeah, he's a psycho. Yeah, he never stops. Uh, we got a good uh, we got a good um, uh, glimpse into what he can do, and he's actually upset wow. also. Um, we'll talk about that here in uh in a little bit but um why don't we why don't we jump into some of the actual uh cardinal talk here but again i'm I'm just so excited for you ben uh all right so we've had a a few roster moves since we last spoke um probably the big one i think the one that we're most excited about although the reason why it happened is less exciting uh edmundo sosa is on the uh il and because of that a guy that you and I both thought was going to make the opening day roster, been raking, uh, acquired in the Matt Adams deal. Uh, Juan Yepes is has now made his major league debut. We are recording Wednesday during the game. That went great last time. No crazy news happened right after yeah. we got done recording last week. Um, but uh Juan Yepes has now made his debut. He has gone, at least as of now, two for three with two right field blue opposite field bloop doubles what a way to make your uh to to make your opening uh in the MLB but anyway uh really excited for Yepes to make his debut uh what do you think yeah i think well you know it, it's it, obviously i'm excited about it i i think that you know anything to get this offense going makes a lot of sense and uh, uh, obviously he's the type of guy to do that he's on fire like i there have been games this year that i've wondered if we just swapped out the triple a hitting only, I'm not saying the whole team, but if we could somehow have the triple a team hit for the St. Louis Cardinals, would that offense be more productive? And that answer might be yes. Some nights, <laughs> especially the way Yepes and Burleson and, and Gorman have been going after it. Um, obviously they leave some to be desired. Well, all three of those guys are defensive liabilities to some degree. Um, you know, maybe Gorman being the, the best defensively and he is a converted third baseman to a second baseman. So that's still not great, but yeah. uh, no, I, I mean, I think it's great. I think uh, getting some, not that the Cardinals are lacking energy. I, I think getting somebody who's hitting well makes a lot of sense. We obviously have some guys, Dylan Carlson and, and uh, Mr. Uh, O'Neill who are hitting under what I think all of Cardinal nation and they believe that they can hit. And I believe they'll pick that up, but yeah, of course I, I like the idea of bringing up a hitter. Um, Obviously, you know, he cannot just one for one swap out with Edmundo Sosa. But I think the fact that he got to start in the outfield for his first major league game is pretty interesting and pretty telling. I guess the thing that I kind of want to ask you is like, how do we how do we as Cardinal fans understand the way that Mo and team are treating Yepes versus the way they are treating? I guess I'll pick on uh, uh, Gorman specifically because we haven't really seen them do much with Burleson. They seem more aggressive, and, and I yeah. think I know why, but I, it's hard to kind of verbalize what's going on here. Well, I, I think there are a couple factors. One, a more boring factor, but it is a reality in the business of baseball, is that Yepes is on the 40-man roster. He was added at the end of last year. Um, if you remember, he was added to the wild card game roster. He never right. played in that game, but he's already on the 40-man. So you don't actually have to make any major baseball decisions to add Yepes to the to the uh, active roster. It's a lot easier to do. Um, so I think that is part of it. But why is he on the 40 man in the first place over Gorman? You know, I guess that speaks more to 
the question that you're you're asking. And I don't know. I think uh, we talked about this a little bit before with the uh, uh, with the Yepes and Gorman conversation in the preseason. I think to me the the ceiling and the floor even for Gorman has always seemed so much higher that the Cardinals have been more hesitant to overexpose him and to let him develop at the normal pace that you have a top prospect like him develop outside of the like the freaks that we see in the league now that are going from like double A or even single A straight into the majors at like 20 or 21 or even younger. Um, Gorman has developed. Bobby more Witt, like, he, he accelerated pretty quickly. Yeah. Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez. Um, you know, there, there's these guys, but they are, they've all been prospect rankings. Gorman is highly rated, but not, not to the degree that those types of guys are right. And Gorman does have a couple parts in his profile that, could be more worrying at the major leagues than some of these other guys, notably his strikeout rate, right? Guys who strike out a lot in the minors don't often come into the majors and just suddenly that's a solved problem. Often it's made even worse, right? So you can see this, maybe this idea that he's playing at a new position. He strikes out a lot. Yes, he's crushing the ball, but we don't want to overexpose him. We want to develop him at the pace that we normally do with a top prospect because once he's up, you kind of get the feeling that he's never going back down short of like a disaster at the majors. Right. So, yeah, I I think it makes sense that they'll handle him like Dylan Carlson, right? Like, yeah, maybe if it goes really poorly, they'll send him back down for a a tune up or whatever the hell happens when they do that. Um, But he, when he comes up, he's going to come up and yeah, I I guess it's just because, I guess it's just pedigree then, isn't it? Because you can't, obviously Gorman's power, he's eclipsed Yepes a little bit. But I mean, Yepes has been fantastic in AAA and really, really broke out last year. So yeah, maybe the defense is a little bit more a part of it. And and I think like the pedigree, the the high draft pick, the the high ratings, the the, all that stuff, I guess that's weighing in more than maybe the performance that we're so. seeing in front of our faces is I, I guess. And if you do, well, clearly the Cardinals believe that Yepes can at least stand in right field. And <laughs> we've never seen that from Gorman. And so with the outfield struggling, um, even though they are all essentially fixtures in the lineup, uh, you still want to be able to like that adds and maybe another start a week uh, rotating those guys around a little bit. Um, you know, you can give O'Neill a shot in center, give Bader a day off, sure. have Carlson play left or let Yepes stand in left, right? Just a little bit more flexibility to get him in there. Whereas Gorman, they're really just looking at him at second base, or I suppose I'm sure he would still play third base, but, uh, with Arenado and Goldie, the starts are few and far between and Gorman can't play short. So you're really limited on where you're going to start him. And I don't think they want him up unless he's going to start, which I guess is a good segue into um, you know, where, the fact that that might be happening sooner rather than later anyway. Uh, the poly D of it all, right? Yeah. For the first time, at least that I can remember, we're getting uh, actual like real concern from John Mazalek about Paul DeYoung. 
Now, we as a fan base have had that concern for years now, but uh, offseason, you know, he's doing what any GM would do. If they've made the decision that Paul DeYoung is going to be their starting shortstop, right or wrong, his job at that point is to express confidence in Paul DeYoung, right? Um, so all the offseason stuff about him being our guy, don't yeah. underestimate him. Like, that's what he's supposed to do once that decision has been made, right or wrong. Well, and, and I uh, think like, but and, just, I'm sorry to cut you, sorry, you well, now we're, he's actually come out and saying like, yeah, it's, it's worrying, right? Like, uh, he's not performing it the way we want him to. And I kind of viewed it as a way like the Cardinals, if, if the Cardinals had a priority prioritization list, uh, or, or Mo had one, it, it appears to be defense pitching offense, right? Yeah. And I think that's the calculation he was making is, well, Paul DeYoung is the best Defensive shortstop, maybe in the organization, I guess. I don't, I don't know. That's hard to tell. I, I think we haven't seen enough of Sosa to really say that, but yeah. obviously Mo knows better than you and I. Um, so I, I guess he was making the bet that the glove is going to be the glove. And I mean, they had to have some reason to believe that the bat was going to come around. But like you're talking, you know, the third season, and albeit we're only a month in, and I have a quote here on our little outline that talking, you know, Mo's definitely making excuses for. Young's performance, you know, with the uh, shortened spring training and the weather and all that kind of stuff, um, and, and maybe even some bad luck. But, you know, we're in the beginning of the third year of him riding under the Mendoza line with, I mean, even if he was hitting around 200 with power, I think we could live with it. If we thought he was going to hit 30 right. home runs, that's st- still a valuable player in today's game, but he's just not doing anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if he's your ninth hitter, Everyone else is doing well, and he's playing gold glove shortstop and hitting a home run every, you know, once a week or so. Yeah, by all means. But uh, when the whole team is struggling offensively, um, the guys that are at the bottom really start to stand out, right? And uh, he just has looked bad at the plate. I mean, there have been little glimpses, you know, but um, it's it's been uh, it's been a rough week to watch the Cardinal offense and. He's been a major part of that. Yeah, I so, think we're both kind of on the same team or the same side of maybe Paul has to move to the bench and maybe Tommy has to move over to short and maybe yeah. anyone else plays second base, uh, notably Gorman. <laughs> How about Nolan Gorman? Well, in that same quote, Mo goes on to say, like giving Nolan a, a longer look or something like that. So uh, I think that's the obvious move is if they decide to go away from Paul DeYoung um, and now with Sosa out, hopefully not for a very long time, but you really don't have any other options right outside of, um, you know, like a a longer Brendan Donovan look, which I guess would be fine too. Um, But I think we'd all prefer Gorman for obvious reasons, (laughs) but, but something needs to change. And, And I suspect it's going to happen soon. You don't really get Mo saying things like that until, they are really close to making a decision. I'm going to read the first part of the quote from uh, John Mosaic uh, talking to Katie Wu of The Athletic. Um, he says, and you know it's a Mosaic quote because he uses the word ultimately in it, um, which I feel like, <laughs> like his yeah. catchphrase or something at this point. Um, if things don't change to, uh, trajectory or direction, then ultimately we're probably going to have to do something different. Nolan would get more of a major league opportunity at that point. Um so that's, you know, Mo noncommittal, you know, nothing kind of, I mean, something kind of nothing. There, yeah, there's not a ultimately, ton of we're probably going to have <laughs> to maybe do something different. 
Yes. But but in most speak, that is like the what a lack of confidence he's showing at this point. Uh, that's, it is. That, and I th- you don't get that from him very often. No, and I think it's interesting that he spoke that way. Like, is that supposed to light a fire? Is that supposed to signal to Ali? Who, like, I, I'm... It's an interesting thing to say to the public, especially somebody who is notoriously tight-lipped, um, for him to basically set out the challenge to Paulie D. Uh, like I said, you know, in a story with Katie Wu and The Athletic is interesting. I wonder if it's more like, here's how we're thinking. Like, this move is probably going to happen because Paulie's unfortunately probably not going to be able to turn this around. So everyone's on the same page. That's the only thing that really makes sense uh, to me. I mean... You know, the, the Cardinals are obviously, even though it's still with a winning record, it was a disappointing week against two bad teams. Although I will say the Diamondbacks look a little bit better than I think people thought they were going to be. They're pitching into, for sure. Yeah, but still, you should do better against the Diamondbacks. Um, and uh, so I think, you know, there's a little bit of fire coming out right now about the offense. So he's feeling, I don't think he really feels a lot of pressure, but, you know, there's definitely a lot of talk about how bad the offense is. So he probably feels some need to address it. I also wonder if he just thinks we care more about things like people who've been signed to extensions and have been given bigger contracts, you know, like, like does he, he might think that the fan base, it would be upset if Paul DeYoung is benched or something like that. Like, because, you know, he was a guy that they went out and extended and and he feels like a stronger connection to someone like DeYoung than maybe the the fan base actually does. Because I, I get the sense that the majority of Cardinal fan base would be pretty fine with uh, DeYoung not being the starter anymore. But maybe he feels some sort of allegiance with the, the, the how long DeYoung's been here and, and previous performance. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah, I, I, that might make sense. Um, I, I, yeah, might. But like you said, I think uh, Cardinals Nation would be like, and we're moving on. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think there'd, yeah. be, there'd be much of a, uh, an issue there. He is not had it happened last year. I mean, it is, it is interesting to me that DeYoung essentially lost his job last year to Sosa and then somehow started the season with his job back. Yeah. You know, and I had to look up the, the salary because I, I was very curious about that. He is making, you know, he's at 6.6 6 million this year and 9.6 6 million next year. And then two team options, uh, for the following two years after that, but you cannot imagine that those are going to be picked up there for 12.5 and 15. Yeah. At current production. Absolutely not. But I, I think you could say, you know, even if you're looking at it through Mo's eyes and with the money involved, 6.6 million for a, uh, a decent, uh, defensive upgrade in late innings and off the bench bat, you know, maybe you're starting him against lefties or something like that. Isn't that bad. It gets a little more right. uncomfortable at 9.6, but Still under 10 million bucks for a major league player is not bad, even if he is riding the yeah. bench. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 that's why, like, it just really signaled to me that it's, unless we see an immediate turnaround, it's, it's coming soon. Uh, and if Sosa doesn't come back soon, then I think we see the, the, um, we finally start to see a cure for my Gormania, <laughs> uh, which has continued to flare up tremendously. I wanted to look up uh, Pauly D's splits, lefties, righties this year. Uh, so obviously he's having trouble against righties, OPSing 400, obviously all limited at bats right now. Mm-hmm. But a screech, a screaming hot 671 OPS against lefties. Oh, well, so, well, there you go. That is close to a major league player right there. Right. Yeah. 
400. So I think when you're hitting four, you're OPSing 400. You could argue that that is not a major league baseball player. Um, unfortunately, and I'm not trying a, to just sit here and rag on Paul, but yeah, I think that'd be a pretty easy argument to make. <laughs> okay. When you're OPSing what, uh, you know, some guys are approaching with their on base percentage in the league. Uh, yeah. obviously that's elite, but still, uh, not a good look. Not well, good look. uh, you know, hopefully with the, um, call up of Yepes, his, you know, energy he brought to the game today, those doubles. Um, we start to see a little bit of a turnaround in the offense. Uh, I, I do agree a little bit that with Mo, you know, it's early. Um, the There's still a lot of outside factors that, you know, you could blame for the Cardinals offensive start to the season. That said, they've been basically this for like three years now. So uh, I, I don't, I think most of that's just deflection. Um, but maybe Yepes, um, you know, we just really need one of like O'Neill or Carlson to pick it up and get alongside Arenado, Goldie, and Edmund, and the offense looks a lot better, right? So we'll hold, we'll cross our fingers for this next week, and that next week we can talk about the, you know, the breakout of Yepes and the and the oncoming cure for our Gormania. Um, so uh, the other big thing that happened is uh, we crossed into May, which crossed the th- threshold where uh, the rosters had to be reduced. Um, I don't think this was very surprising to anyone, but the the decisions at first that were made was Aaron Brooks and packing Notton from Boston. Uh, you said you would practice on it, and that was not any better I than did last not practice. week. In fact, no. I think I got worse. I think so, too. <laughs> Um, I forgot about it until like the second before I said his name, it was a game time decision to try that. (laughs) Yeah, I can't do it. Wait, are you trying now? I'm just trying to get into the, it's it's easy to sit there in uh, judgment, park the car. I think that's, that's how you get into the accent, but I I can only do like a Southern Missouri accent and I have to have a couple of beers. It's me. Peter Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, now say Packy Naughton. You were really close. Packy Naughton. Oh, that's okay. Nah, that was bad. Boston. Hey, Lois. Oh, you're getting worse. Yeah. This is... Anyways. Should, you want to just cancel the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll uh, get us back on the rails. Aaron Ro- Brooks goes down. Packy Naughton goes down. Packy Naughton. Oh, God. I can't not do it. Um. <laughs> Yeah, makes sense. I think, uh, you know, what is Aaron Brooks's Cardinals career going to look like? I don't know. Are we going to see him again? Probably. Might have already seen it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what, like, I guess we like that he throws strikes. We like that he has a sinker. Uh, it seems like no one is tricked by him and people hit that sinker unless he's yeah. like, absolutely spotting it low in the zone. So not much to say there. Not much to say about Packy. Um, we did see, uh, unfortunately, Stephen Matz had to get put on uh, the bereavement list. Uh, his grandpa passed away, which is very sorry to hear that. Yes. Um, and that means that Packy is back up, uh, at least until Matz comes back. You have to imagine. Packy is Packy. Packy's. No, oh, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> hated that. Um, have to imagine, or my assumption is that Matz will not miss a start. Uh, he'll hopefully have the, you know, four or five days to be with his family. And then. Uh, yeah. And then come back. So we got, you know, an extra arm in the bullpen, which I guess the Cardinals need an extra lefty. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't really expect much from either of those two. 
by no means are they in the long-term plans. You have to think Verhagen and like four other guys are probably ahead of both of those dudes. Once the season gets going. Uh, yeah. We we're kind of talking about some minor league success earlier, but, uh, uh, Libertor is having a pretty nice start to the season. Um, I just was, I, I think Fangraphs had a, a little write up on him the other day talking about how good that's that slider just it, people keep talking about the slider. And it's so funny because it was all curveball, curveball, curveball. And then you look up and pretty much post Demi, um, it, that slider has just come out and become a dominant pitch. And I think that's going to accelerate him getting to the big sooner than later. Yeah. Um, uh, I've said it for a while and I'm going to say it here. The Cardinals will win the Randy Rosarina trade. Yeah, I think. And I that feel good about that. I think, yeah. uh, I think we're both pretty high on Libertor, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people are, you know, I think, he, uh, I, I think it is very reasonable to expect him to be on the a top of the rotation starter, not necessarily an ace, right? but uh, I mean, he seems like a guy that, that just keeps yeah. getting better and he's young, but Anytime you see somebody who is adding pitches and making those pitches better as they're like that, that is something I will put money on. That is, mm-hmm. that is good to see. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I mean, I think, um, I, I have to imagine that probably not right now, but if we're seeing an opening in the rotation later this year, we start to see, uh, the talk of Libertor getting that spot, getting a, a shot at the majors. Yeah, and uh, Oviedo's been good. Zach Thompson's yeah. been good. There's been some good pitching down there. So I think, you yeah. know, the wave is going to, the crest and, and fall over and some of these guys are going to come up soon. And that'll that'll be really exciting. I think Cardinals fans should be excited about that while also saying, maybe we should still get more pitching. But <laughs> Well, and the bullpen has been arguably the best part of the team so far. So, um, you know, I, I don't think we're, we're too worried about uh, Aaron Brooks and uh, Packy going down um it seems like there's still a ton of depth in that in the bullpen and uh i mean jumping ahead a little bit should we talk about helsley we might have the best reliever in baseball <laughs> right now <laughs> ryan, ryan helsley. helsley oh what, my what? goodness <laughs> we're, we're having the same reaction it's uh it's truly incredible um he he now has the fastest pitch in baseball this year yeah. which I don't know. Like I knew he could throw hard, but uh, did you see a one Oh three point one coming out of his arm anytime soon? Cause I sure didn't. I'll be honest, you know, Helsley somebody who's, you know, easy to like. I remember even when he was coming up through the minors as a starter, people were ranting and raving about him and he yeah. was doing really well in spring training and then he'd go away. And, you know, he had a one really fine, um, um, relief year, uh, where he was getting guys out, but with ground balls and, and, and stuff like that. But no, I did not think he'd be throwing 103. And, um, if, if you haven't had a chance to read, uh, the, uh, uh Ben Clemens article on fan graphs specifically about it's, it's, it's like 1200 words about his fastball alone. Yeah. Um, and I highly recommend that we, we tweeted that out a couple of days ago. If you haven't already read that, go take the time and read that. Cause it was fascinating. Um, but they're talking or what Ben was kind of breaking down in that article is that he essentially has Jacob deGrom's fastball, except for he throws it harder. Um, it has they, their movement profile that they talk about, you know, what makes a four seam fastball good um, is movement. And it moves differently than every other pitch, right? It defies gravity more. Every ball that you throw loses uh, uh, height as it goes because gravity takes it and loses height as it goes towards the um, as it goes towards home plate and 
Yeah. Wow, Helsley's, Mr. Science Guy here. <laughs> Helsley, well, I read the article. I'm, I don't claim to know any of this, but according to Ben Clemens in his yeah. uh, good article, uh, but um, his defines gravity as much as the best fastball in Major League Baseball, which is Jacob deGrom, and he throws it a few ticks harder than Jacob yeah. deGrom. And that's kind of the, the summation of the article, although explained much more eloquently than I just blabbered what? through that. No. <laughs> but we're looking at something that is arguably the best pitch in baseball right now. Is that subject to change? Maybe. I, you know, yeah. I don't know. But he's doing it right now. And what Helsley was talking about in the uh, it was a pregame interview before the game with Jimmy the Cat the other day. It's like, yeah, I guess I didn't realize how much my knee was holding me back. And now that I'm healthy, uh, yeah, I'm pretty, here we go. I'm pretty yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Pretty good indeed. Um, you know, even if you try to go under the hood a little bit and see if there's any, you know, is there some BABIP at play here? Uh, you know, a high left on base percentage, some of the standard stuff that you think of, uh, for, from a regression standpoint, uh, if you look at his FIP or XFIP, uh, have you seen a negative FIP before? <laughs> it's negative. It is negative. That means that he is earning a run for the Cardinals when he's yeah. pitching. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, he's, he's, he is both an offensive and a defensive player with his pitching at this point. It's he, truly he's incredible. He's breaking a stat. Yeah, he, it yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously, this is all very small sample size, but, um, you know, those more advanced metrics do try to at least help a little bit with small sample size and help you understand, uh, what is this? Are the results of this sample size real or not? And uh, I think it's very clear right now that the the results of this sample size are, in fact, very clear and very, uh, very good and projectable, assuming that he's able to maintain this type of delivery and, um, you know, this type of execution. One other thing that I found pretty interesting in that breakdown uh, in that article was that he kind of spoke about how the fastball is so good that he doesn't even really need to spot it. Um, I think we saw in his last outing, he struck somebody out right down the middle with 102. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what that kind of means, or, or the way that he was extrapolating what that means, is the idea that, okay, I, I'm I'm 1-0. I'm just going to pump a fastball right down the middle, get back in the count, and he can do that again. And that's why that's part of the reason why he has zero walks so far, which makes him even more dangerous. Um, yeah. Why, I mean, why uh, try to... Uh, you know, pick the edges and the corners or whatnot when you have a fastball that doesn't move like most fastballs and goes faster than most fastballs, you know, uh, come and yeah. get it right. That, that, that pitch that was one Oh three, the, the, the fastest pitch of the year. Um, it should be noted that that like nicked the top corner of the zone and just yes. ate to hit her up. Like, I mean, uh, like that's unhittable. It was perfect pitch. Yeah. There's disgusting. nothing. Yeah. You um, would break his wrist if he tried to swing at that. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I think the other notable thing, and, and we'll talk about other people in the bullpen if we want to, but I think the other notable thing is that he is throwing his slider cutter or whatever the hell that thing is, that weird slight 86 mile an hour bender, whatever the heck that thing is. He's throwing that for a strike too. And I think, you know, if you're looking for 102 spotted anywhere and somebody throws up something like that, that's got a tight spin. I don't think it's a knee buckler by any means, but. I mean, it's, it's enough it's of pretty, a different look that pretty fascinating. It is, it yeah. is fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but do you think that the Cardinals will attempt to convert him back into a starter as, as this progresses, or are we looking at now someone who has found their, their spot and, 
you know, he's going to be a back end bullpen guy for the foreseeable future. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk like Ali Marmol talks, you know, one Oh three with rise in the bullpen is pretty neat. <laughs> it's pretty neat, um, but Hey, that was so misleading last time. Cause you're exactly. right. It is neat. And now we've got Jordan Hicks in the uh, rotation who we talked about last week, you know, wanting to get, can we just please get a normal Jordan Hicks start? I don't know. Could you hear that crazy noise that just went by? Yeah, was it an airplane or something? It was, uh, I'm right, I live really close to the hospital and, uh, it was a helicopter, uh, coming by. So, you okay. Yeah. Were you I'm scared. Fine. I was a little scared. You look uh, terrified. I, well, dude, it was weird whenever the, um, whenever like the, uh, the pandemic like first started and there was like nobody out in the streets, the only things that were really like outside around our household, you know, at a, at a reasonable pace were still these hospital helicopters yeah a little it made it feel even more like elliptic yeah yeah Yeah. it was very strange um anyway jordan hicks is back in the or is in the rotation we've been talking about since the start uh starting to we we at least got a better vision this time of him as a starter yeah i i thought he looked fantastic he clearly ran out of gas and was just not locating towards the end of it and i think that was around the 65 ish pitch mark, which I think we all kind of expected. I think we, uh, me and you maybe said 70 pitches or something like that. He ended mm-hmm. a little under that. That's, you know, he, he is just progressing his arm. I mean, this is kind of what we were complaining about. The, the only issue or the only reason I was, or, or uh, we've been frustrated, I think with this slow start is because that just means that he isn't as stretched out as we want him to be. Right. Meaning that we get exactly what we got. Um, all that to be said, I mean, he looks fantastic. Like uh, something that I will, I, I just don't understand and won't get over is the fact that his sinker can have that much movement in, even when he's pulling back um, and not throwing his full body one Oh five or, or whatever he's maxing out at these days. So I think that's really exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, the dude looks healthy, obviously no issue from the forearm after his contusion getting hit by the ball. Yeah. No, yeah. nothing to complain about. I'm just ready for next start and hopefully you can add another inning or two and keep him strong and healthy. But uh, you have to imagine that they're the Cardinals plan of keeping him healthy by moving him to the starting rotation is working, right? So far, so good, right? I mean, you know, he's had a, a, a weird start to the season for all the reasons you listed, but um, overall I, I'm continue to be excited about Jordan Hicks as a starter. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, anything else, uh, you know, with the pitching that you want to talk about? Uh, I did want to like Matt's let's just talk about Matt's for a second. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we were obviously like, Oh no, it started poorly. What should we do? Batten down the hatches and what the poop deck. I don't know. Yeah. Normal baseball (laughs) language. Do those things. Poop deck and batten down the hatches. And I think now, you know, all Cardinal nation has watched. (laughs) Cardinal Nation has watched a couple of Matt starts uh, really closely, right? Um, yeah. Obviously. And I think what I've kind of picked out from what makes, or sorry, how to tell when Matt's is pitching well or, or how to tell when he is on is when he can get that sinking fastball in on right-handed hitters. And when he's getting that pitch, he seems like he can get anybody out. Um, mm-hmm. I know on the broadcast, they were talking about his, uh, his, uh, Speed his uh, velo seems like it's got a tick up, but I, I think we've kind of usually set him around in the mid nineties. Nate's dropping shit over there. <laughs> um, dumbass. 
<laughs> and, uh, but seeing him, you know, throw 94, 95, 96 in sinking fastball on the inside black corner to, uh, uh, to right-handed hitters. They, I mean, after he locates one of those it, uh, hitters kind of look useless against him. and seeing him rack up six, seven innings, you know, time after time here, I think maybe he's pitching and, and maybe he's just a little hot right now, but I would say so far better than advertised. I, I not sure. I expected the results that we're seeing. So I'll, I'm going to take that with a, a big grin and, and be happy. Uh, I did expect these results and uh, I'm happy with them. I will also take them with a big grin. Um, you not uh, like yeah. that? I thought that was good. Yeah, no, it's a, that's a thing people say. Um, <laughs> I, I told you, I, I'm hung over today. I don't, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not locked in. No, I, I don't have much to add on to what you said, but um, you know, this is the mats that we were hoping to get. The the mats that looked like the Blue Jays kind of unlocked in the second half of last year. And the the theory was take that, plop it into the best defense in baseball, and uh, you know, see what happens. And um, I'm you know, I want to see him against a like a truly all time lineup, you know. I want to see him pitch against like the Dodgers or something. Um, before I start making crazy um, expectations about the rest of the season, but he certainly has looked good, and it's been uh, really nice after that after that first start that you and I spent so much time talking about. Yeah, I'm I mean, I think pretty sure he listened to our episode and took our <laughs> advice. <laughs> I think you know it's really nice to sit here and say I am very confident in Matt's for his next start, and I am very confident in Mikolaus for his next next start. So yeah, I think you know Cardinals and Cardinals fans can. I'm not sure we, how confident you know a month ago we felt about saying that kind of thing, and here we are, and I feel very confident. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this weekend against the Giants, right? That should be an interesting test. Not a, um, not a traditionally deadly offense, but they continue to do it. They continue to make it work. So that should be a good series. Yeah, they are faking it until they're making it, but like very consistently and, and kind of stomping on people. I don't, I need somebody smarter to explain to me why the giants are good. Well, I, we talked about it a little bit in one of these episodes, but I think they just have like the Dodgers have, they have an incredibly advanced approach to matchup data. And, uh, you know, they, they're getting down to the swing plane against pitch type level with their guys. Some of the stuff we've heard Ollie talk about, though, it, not quite the results that uh, that the Giants and the Dodgers have been getting. But I, I actually watched most of the Giants and Dodgers game last night, and uh, they they spoke a lot about that, just the way the two teams play matchups and how like the the level that they are playing each other is far deeper than it might have been even just a few years ago. Um, and I mean, with what the D- Giants did last year with that lineup. And that pitching staff, like you have to believe it's some sort of underlying um, element that they are, they have figured out to to win these percentage, like increase their percentage odds just enough across every single possible instance that it results in winning 107 games. And they're on pace again for, you know, a ton of wins. Yeah. And, you know, I think we talked also about it, and I, I have to imagine it's a four game series. We're probably going to see Rodon. Um, they made some really nice pitching signings. Uh, Logan Webb is is a real thing yeah. now. Uh, the Cardinals haven't really seen him yet, and they definitely haven't seen Rodon in a uh, in a Giants uniform. Yeah. So uh, you know, 
Definitely. Rodon uh, was my dark horse Cy Young, uh, NL Cy Young pick going into this year. So he's freaking blowing the barn doors off. Like he has yeah. had an unbelievably hot start. Um, hopefully the Cardinals catch him on an off day. Uh, hey. But uh, yeah, I think that's definitely going to be a test. I guess really the argument could be made that this will be the toughest team the Cardinals have played in the early season, right? Like, I think that's a pretty fair statement. I mean, some would say uh, the uh, Brewers, and I think that would be fair. But, um, you know, now a month into the season, um, I think you would definitely say the Giants are better than the Brewers. And so I think they're the, the best team that they've played so far. I mean, the Cardinals have had a generally pretty weak opening season uh um schedule so uh you know it doesn't take much for them to for uh us to say it's the most difficult team they've played i guess maybe the mets too oh yeah no the mets yeah i, yeah. I totally spaced on that yeah they, so we lo- should have had two of three from the mets but that horrible ninth inning so we want to talk about the the fight really quick yeah you know it's it's so funny. Again, we've talked about this on almost every episode. We were literally recording during this game and it was a, you know, it was a good game. Seemed pretty normal. The teams were pretty chippy. The The broadcast uh, had been calling. They're like, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be a fight. But uh, of course, I think we got done recording um, and both of us had the game on while we were, yeah. while we were recording. So uh, we got done recording. We both jumped off and like five minutes after we were done recording, you know, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> uh, you've got Stubby Clap uh, suplexing Pete Alonzo, Giovanni Gallegos diving over the bullpen wall. Uh, I mean, what more could you want? You've got Nolan Arenado like flicking a grown man like 20 feet away from him with seemingly no effort. That was uh, my personal favorite part yeah. is like, because because Nito is not a small person. He is he is shorter, but he is a, a he, he's Yadier Molina built. You know, he is yeah. not a small person. And for and he's Nolan, a professional athlete. So he's, yeah. he is, you know, very physically capable, even despite whatever size he is, you know. And Nolan just ejected him from the conversation <laughs> and wasn't even looking at him. He, he was looking even, at his like, yeah, it wasn't even trying. Like it, it gives you the idea that if like Arenado wanted to, he could have picked him up and like threw him into the stands. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary. Uh, we've seen, yeah, I've had moments, you know, we've watched Yachty for almost 20 years. I've had moments yeah. watching Yachty where I'm like, Oh God, like I, I don't want to be in the same room as him. Yeah. Yeah, Like he's a little scary. And I think that was the first time, at least in his Cardinals career that we've seen Nolan like be scary. Yeah. And then you've got the, the unknown punisher stubby clap coming out and uh, taking down the polar bear. (laughs) Pete Alonzo. So funny. I, my, besides the, uh, Arenado flicking the, uh, catcher away. My favorite thing has been Pete Alonzo's, after interview where he's like, Oh my God, he called himself a big, tough guy, like two or three times. I'm a, I'm a big, strong guy. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big, strong guy. I can put, I can put people in the hospital. I can put people in the hospital. I yeah. mean, Proud is Pete Alonzo just a doof or was he fired up or like that was, I think he was embarrassed. Dumbest, yeah, yeah. I think he was I mean, embarrassed and he was like, you know, I, you know, he didn't really know how to handle it. So he's like, Oh, I, I mean, I, I could, if you want to come at me, come at me. I could put it, you know, you in the hospital or what? And, and he doesn't want to, you know, acknowledge that he got flipped over by an old man. Though that being said, of course, like, you know, it's, 
anybody who's attacked from behind and Cabrera's pulling his jersey. So a lot of things came together for, yeah. for Stubby Clap to get the takedown. But uh, so a lot of reason for Pete Alonso to just say, well, like, whatever and, and move on. If um, I was but, Pete Alonso, I would say, yeah, I'd probably get me out of the fight, too. And then just yeah. leave it there. Like, that would yeah. sound way cooler. But yeah. Man, he sounded like a. it was so it was bizarre. I don't it know. Was very it was bizarre. Yeah, I don't know. And then Stubby doesn't get suspended, but uh, Cabrera does and Arenado does. No. And there were a few fines thrown around. No one from the Mets, um, you know, which I, is stupid, I was more but... surprised by the fact that no Mets got suspended yeah. or even thrown out at the time. I, maybe there was a, a fine that we didn't hear about. But then I there think were, it was two... there were a few fines. A couple Mets guys yeah. got fined, but not, um, you know, they obviously weren't tossed in game. And then I think a couple of days later, Buck uh, 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 got Show Walter, yeah. Show Walter got uh, maybe got suspended or yeah. fined for allegedly throwing at a different player. So it's like, yep. Okay, and that maybe he cool just, and fun this year. Yeah, like I, I guess he just went over the line that time, but not during the game that we watch. Which, like you said, we uh, the announcers and everybody in the stadium could all see from a mile away. But yeah, weird. Yeah, it was. Um, ultimately more of a funny benches clearing than anything else, which is good. You know, no one got hurt and we have some good moments from it. I, I liked Marmol coming out and basically being like, yeah, uh, you know, they did what they were supposed to talk about stubby. He's like, yeah, yeah he's out there trying to protect the guys, you know, <laughs> so yeah, funny. No, no real comment. Do your thing. No bro. comment. Yeah. He, he did the right thing. <laughs> stubby clap from Windsor. Yeah, did you watch the 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 John Boy thing? Oh yeah, yeah, it's so good. Uh, if you haven't, look up uh, John Boy's breakdown of the uh, of the fight. It it's, might be one of his best that he's done. It's it's very very funny. So all right, uh, you know, hopefully we don't have too many of those. But I don't know who loves who doesn't love a good fight sometimes. All right, before we go into the uh, last segment and play another stupid game, um, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is supported by Patreon. You can check it out at patreon.com slash talking about birds. If you love the show, want to support it, support it, want to see it grow, consider chipping in and uh, throwing us a couple bucks on the Patreon. Every member of the Patreon gets to join the Bird Scored, our private uh, Discord server where we talk about the Cardinals, talk about the show, and um, really just trying to build a, a little tiny Cardinal community. So uh, you know, we appreciate all of our patrons and those of you considering joining. Uh, if you uh, aren't able to do that or have and haven't done this part, um, we'd love it if you'd take a few minutes to give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It really does help. We love it, and we truly appreciate it. Uh, ben, where can people find us online? I, I got to say really quick while we're recording, I asked Tyler O'Neill to hit a home run for us, and he, he did. Well, did while he? you're doing that ad read, yeah. Nice. About 40 rows back down the, uh, the left field line. So let's go, Hell Tyler. Yeah. Um, beyond he that, you. <laughs> he did hear me. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. Um, give us a follow, like, listen, spread us around, whatever, all that good stuff. Uh, follow us on Instagram at talking about birds, uh, and make sure if you have any questions for us about the, uh, podcast, the show, any personal questions specifically towards Nate, of course. Um, or if you just want to chat, send us an email at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Outside of that, remember we are also on Spotify. If that's your preferred listening, 
uh, tool, listen to us there. Um, and outside of that, like Nate said, tell your friends. We uh, appreciate all the support that we've gotten um, in, in this round. We're on episode 10 right now. What a milestone. Wow. Um, but we appreciate all the... Time uh, to pack it up. All the fan interaction <laughs> and, and everybody telling everybody about it. And it, it really means a lot. So thank you. And uh, yes. let's spread that word like uh, peanut butter <clears throat> on some jelly. Wait. You know, I was getting dinner with Mary the other night. And she told me I often just if I could just cut off one sentence early, I think I would be a lot better socially. And it was after an awkward interaction I had with a wait staff uh, person. Yeah. And I think I just heard it right there. I think I just yeah. heard it. And I'm just going to I'll shut up now. You kind of went too, too far because, Damn it. you know, spread the word is good. Spread the word like peanut butter. OK, you know, <laughs> it's. I get it. It's not horrible. Spread the word like peanut butter on jelly. I don't think, I don't know about you, but I've made a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and I don't think I've ever (laughs) spread the peanut butter onto the jelly. That is chaos. I'll make you one. Next time I see in person, I'll make (laughs) you one. You fool. (laughs) What a, what a way to complicate a very simple procedure. I know. I'm trying to even think of so I the place that we were at, they have a new thing on their menu. They're uh, hot wings that are peanut butter and jelly flavored. Maybe that's where my brain was at. I don't know. I'll I'll shut up now though, and we can continue the episode. Peanut butter and jelly flavored hot wings. You know I love a hot wing. Yeah. I love a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm having a hard time understanding how those two could be blended. Were they good? Uh yeah. They're sticky. <laughs> <laughs> Will I order them again? I don't know. Um, I love, you know, I love people trying, right? Yeah. Shoot your shot. Yeah. It's, it's like a very crunchy restaurant. They're like ran by like fish heads. Um, so Mm -hmm. it's like some, was it crunchy peanut butter? Stoner food. Uh, no, no. It was like a, it was like a sauce. Okay. Shout out Esther's. Yeah. I, I mean, I do love Esther's. So. Hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, let's talk about some other. <laughs> you can cut all that out. That was bad. Nope. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going to talk about just a few things that have happened around the league. Uh, some interesting news. Um, uh, I guess the first one, you know, I don't know how much I want to talk about this, uh, but it, it's been a long time coming. Trevor Bauer, two year suspension. Uh, he's appealing because, of course, he is. Um, I don't know. I guess your question here is, uh, do we think Trevor Bauer will actually pitch again in the majors? Uh, yeah, I agree. I think we should stay away from, you know, if you've read any of the reports and, and everything that's going around, we are not lawyers uh, or cops. We don't know what happened here exactly, but we can reasonably assume. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's more interesting to talk about like, first off, like kind of an unprecedented suspension. Usually an agreement is reached between the player and MLB. Right. Rarely is it just handed down from on high and then, you know, the, well, exactly what you talked about. Of course, he's going to appeal it because it wasn't mutually agreed upon. Um, and honestly, he'd be stupid not to appeal it uh, because this is money. Um, I think that a couple of things that are interesting is, you know, obviously the Dodgers have a lot of weight in the MLB. And this essentially voids his entire Dodgers contract, with yeah. which the Dodgers are clearly happy about because they don't want him to play anymore. Um, but yeah, I do think an interesting question is... Um, Will he ever play in the big bigs again? And I think it's made more interesting by the way that the MLB at large has handled Roberto Osuna, who, if uh, memory serves, he is still only like 27. And I think he is closing out for a team in the Mexican League. Yeah. Um, 
So it's interesting. Is is Bauer like I I don't know how is this going to shake out? If you had to bet money on it right now, does Bauer ever pitch a major league inning again? I if I can you know share my personal feelings, I hope that he does not, but I bet that he will. You so. do you think it it's that he will redeem himself in the public light, or do you think that he is talented enough that a team will take a chance on him? Unfortunately, I think it's the latter. I, I just he you know he was one of the best pitchers in baseball uh, before all of this, and we have seen teams willing to put aside almost anything uh, in pursuit of winning. And I'd be very surprised if, you know, two years from now, assuming the the suspension goes through, there isn't some team that's willing to, you know, eat the bad press for a, a high-end pitcher. Um, but maybe yeah. I'm, I'm probably being cynical here because you're right. Like Asuna, you know, he's, he's not in the majors right now, but it also oh, wouldn't oh. surprise me if he comes back. Yeah. Osuna's was obviously bad. Um, yeah. I mean, they're all bad and it's, it's like, I don't mean to go here and, and qualify how bad these certain actions right. were, but one of the ones that I, and I'm just speaking from my point of view, very personally is one of the ones that I am most troubled by or offended by or, or disturbed by was the Eraldis Chapman one. And if you remember correctly, there was, there was a, there was a fracas. I don't know exactly the details of what happened, but he fired off a a pistol in his garage while his child was sleeping in the other room. And that one really, really, really irks me. And the guy is, you know, all-star closer for the Yankees and has been for years. Probably hall of fame, probably hall of fame. Um, yeah, I, 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 so that one really bugs me. Obviously, you know, a firearm and a child being involved is absolutely freaking horrifying. Um, and yeah, he's, you know, he's who he is. So I, yeah, I agree. I also think that Bauer is the type of guy who will, like, I would not be surprised if he, de- if, let's say if he, he, if this whole suspension happens, he can't reduce it at all. I would not be surprised if he spent the next 324 suspended games practicing and honing his craft and, and getting better and better so that, he is that kind of guy that will come out and want to yeah. shove it down everyone else's throats or whatever, right? Like that's his personality type, or at least how I'm reading his personality type. Yeah. Yeah. It's complicated. Um, I was frankly very surprised at the two year thing. I thought you're going to see something closer to what most of the other guys have gotten in this situation. And I do think it's, I, it's hard to imagine it's a coincidence that the suspension is basically the rest of his Dodgers contract. Like, they have already said we don't want him to be a member of our team anymore. Um, and good for them, you know, uh, standing by their principles. But um, like, I don't know. I My guess is that it gets reduced because that's usually how this stuff goes. Maybe not dramatically, but it still gets reduced. Then he'll come back. And then I, I really think some team will, will sign him. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. We shall see. Um. Another uh, formerly, uh, you know, high end player has a has an interesting reason to stop me stop playing baseball right now. Wow, what a horrible transition that was, uh, Robin. <laughs> Honestly, there's how do you get out of the Bauer talk? You just need to move yeah. on. Just just Robinson Cano yeah. was DFA'd by the Mets. Yeah, um, um, crazy. Yeah. I guess. I mean. The only reason I really wanted to talk about this because I, I I like to bring up how unbelievably horrible that trade was. Um, I thought that trade was bad at the time. 
Yeah. Um, that trade continues to look bad, especially with Kelnick being, you know, much more successful and, and done. I think he's going to pop, it seems like, uh, for the Mariners. But I mean, the fact that Brody Van Wagenen traded two young prospects for Robinson Cano, who had already been popped with uh, yeah. performance enhancing drugs and a closer who was, albeit good, um, he's still a closer. And I think, you know, you'd never want to overvalue relief innings. Um, just what a bad trade. And and this makes sense to me. It, it, this also is one of those things where uh, it's just that Cohen money is real. And that is a real yeah. advantage for the Mets. The fact that he can just go write a $40 million check and kick Cano on the way out. See ya. That's some team's entire payroll. Well, he said, uh, he told, uh, you know, the Mets GM, do not consider financial obligations when making your cuts to the roster. And I think that's great. That's how every team should be managed. It sucks that like we as fan bases also have to be like, you know, consider the salary impact of players. And and for some teams, like you said, that's their entire budget, right? Like uh, we've railed about the ownership enough, but it's nice to see them say like, you know, most teams I think Cano is still on the roster simply because of his salary. Do you think he gets picked up once he the waivers go through and all that? It wouldn't surprise me if some bottom barrel team takes a flyer, uh, you know, but I'd be also not surprised at all if if he's just done. Yeah, you know, a guy that probably if, if it wasn't for the PEDs, probably a Hall of Famer and he kind of just goes out with a bit of a whimper in the first month of the season. I think he was a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, until the PED stuff. So uh, now I don't think he gets in, and I think that's fair. Yeah, you know, somebody, uh, we can move on, but somebody brought something interesting up. I read on Twitter, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who who pointed this out. But the fact that he got caught with PEDs after he secured the bag, the 10 years Mm -hmm. and 200 and... I can't even remember. I think it was 240 or 50 or 60 or something like that. Obviously more money than he'll ever need. The fact that he got caught with PEDs after that fact shows you one thing. And that's that he, he doesn't think he can do it anymore or without yeah. help at the very least. Um, it's kind of a, a weird, I don't know, weird yeah. set of circumstances. And, and here we are. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, that's, it's really hard to, um, break down the psychology of, of someone in that sort of decision-making, but you're right. It is, or whoever's point you're, you're quoting. It is an interesting point that most of these guys are getting caught earlier in their careers or, um, you know, at least before they've signed one of the biggest contracts in baseball history. (laughs) Um, yeah, interesting. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he gets picked up and I think, you know, it's fine. He had a good run. Hope the Cardinals don't more. pick him up. I'll say that. I can't imagine that the Cardinals <laughs> don't pick him That would be that would be very funny. Um, if they're like, fear. all right, we're we're finally we're making a change at second base. It's the one that you've all been wanting. We've <laughs> seen Robinson Cano to it. <laughs> I do, Ben. You know, you're right. I hope that they don't do that. What a, what a brave stance we just took. Uh. We've talked about Kershaw a lot on this show for various reasons. He's now set the record for most strikeouts for a Dodger uh, pitcher. That's cool. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, passing Don Sutton is incredible. All the names that he's passed already is incredible. I just love talking about Kershaw, and I thought that'd be yeah. a nice thing. After talking about two losers, talking about uh, <laughs> talking about Clayton is always better. Uh, yeah. I think Cardinal fans give, uh, give him a hard time. 
Uh, rightfully but it's nice so. To, rightfully so. Matt Adams yeah. uh, is his father, uh, yep. as that's been pointed out. Um, but I do think it's just important to to recognize that we are watching Sandy Koufax, you know, Bob Gibson, whatever crazy yeah. pitcher name you want to uh, assign with him. Um, he's he's still doing it um, with diminished it, he's velocity. Back, baby, he he seems as good as he's ever been. Yeah, he looks he's, great. Yeah, uh, you know, we are. Um, yeah, we're, Kershaw is going to be talked about for the rest of our lives in when when baseball is talked about. So, yeah, I agree. It's great. He's awesome. Uh, and, I am yeah. a big fan of him, and I also, uh, you know, I respect his father, Matt Adams, a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's nice that he lets him still play. Yeah. Um, and, and then before we move on, uh, just a little shout out to Dusty Baker, first black manager to have 2,000 wins. Um, yeah. I know he's had some hard times against the Cardinals and everything like <laughs> yeah. that, but hey, Cardinals, he did another it. one that the Cardinals, like, I think we kind of disrespect dusty baker from a like on the field you know he's mm-hmm. man he managed the reds for so long um but like zoom out a little bit you know yeah. one of the best managers of all time what a what a what a what an accomplishment yeah very cool and honestly as he gets older and he kind of he, he seems to uh just be more and more of himself i i, I love listening to him talk and yeah. post game interviews and everything like that so shout out but uh dusty we always liked him as a person. We just thought he's really bad at like bullpen management and stuff like killing, that. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's always seemed like a really cool dude. So, you know, good for him. Um, you know, another hall of famer, someone who will be talked about for, for a long time in baseball and rightfully so. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to talk about before we, we move into, um, into the last segment? No, but I'm, uh, my hangover's feeling better. I, I've got some water in me. I, I think I am primed and ready to knock this game. Uh, give it a, give it a new butt or whatever. I don't, never You're mind. Give this game a new butt. You're right. You are ready. You are. Oh <laughs> uh, my electrolytes. I think my brain's shutting down. Locked in. Well, you know, fortunately, um, I have come today with maybe the dumbest game that we've done so far. So, right. uh, First of all, shout out once again to uh, Cardinal Seventy from the Discord for uh, for this idea, uh, but I think it's pretty apt. So, Ben, you are a Star Wars fan, right? Yes, pretty big one too. You've seen a lot of you and I have talked a lot about Star Wars over the years. I may or may have not recently gotten a large Darth Vader tattoo on my arm. <laughs> so. Arguably, uh, very, very large uh, uh, Star Wars fan, more than most, with yes. uh, with that little fact. So, um, well, let's see how much of a Star Wars fan you are. Okay, I've got a list. Oh, and by the way, may the fourth be with you. May, well, so that's oh yeah, thank you. That's why we're doing this. So we, today is today is May fourth. Uh, may the fourth be with you and with you. Uh, and so uh, I've got a list. And uh, of uh, of names, okay, full names, All right. and you need to tell me: Are they a uh, character from Star Wars? Yeah, <laughs> or are they a major, or or were they, or are they a major league baseball okay. player? So, and then is he a Jedi or a ball guy? Does he support the dark side or does he like to slide? Does he use the Force or make Force outs? We'll find out at this week's game. Star War or Ball Star? <laughs> no. I am the father. Like, You're out! No! <laughs> oh my 
like that we went from getting sued by Spielberg to now we're going to get sued by George Lucas. Great call. No, it's a creative, um, creative commons or whatever. Uh, that was a short clip. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, so if you say, uh, so you're going to guess, is it a real player or is it a member, uh, or is it a, uh, a, um, character from star Wars? And I should note, I've got the full expanse of the star Wars universe. Okay. Here. Thank okay. you. Uh, and if it was someone from, uh, if it's an actual baseball player, after you make the guess, you'll hear our standard sound, someone getting a hit and the crowd cheering. And if it's wrong, or, or rather, if there's someone from Star Wars, you'll hear uh, C-3PO insulting, I assume, you. Wow. Thanks, Thanks C-3. <laughs> All right. So, so are you, am uh, I a Wookiee? Is that, are you now comparing me to a Wookiee? You're an overgrown mop head. Uh, <laughs> you know, whether you're... <laughs> All right. Um, good job knowing the moment of the show of the movie though. So <laughs> I'm cool. Yep. Is this alienating tweet at us? <laughs> All right. Cal Kestis. Cal Kestis. Oh, wow. Um, that really sounds like a star Wars name. Uh, definitely don't know that one off my top of my head. I'm going to go with that is a star warrior. That's some George Lucas bullshit right there. I could just tell. He is a Jedi Padawan trained by Jarab Tapai and a survivor of Order 66 who embarks on a mission to rebuild the Jedi Order after joining the Stinger Mantis crew. He is the protagonist of the video game Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. See, I, I'm not a, not, not a big Star Wars video game person, but... Uh, yeah. Also, I'm very pro Order 66, so I'm mad that he made it out. <laughs> Bold take. Pro Order 66. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I got a Darth Vader tattoo. I'm pro Anakin. He, let him, let him do it. Okay. Benny Zentara. Ooh. That also sounds like a Star Wars name, but I cannot think of anybody. It also sounds like it could be. That's a good one. Um. Benny Zentara. I'm going to go Ben. Benny Zentara is a, what, what am I supposed to say? A ball star? <laughs> He's a ball star. Uh, two for two. There we go. He was an infielder for the Reds in the 1940s. And uh, he missed some time because he uh, served in World War II. Was he good? I don't know. I don't think so. It's a good name. Fine. I like that. Yeah. Benny Zentara. I almost didn't put him because of his name, Benny. What a bad name. Well, uh, all right. There's also the Star Wars. Uh, you know, there's 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 a very famous Ben in Star Wars. So it could have yeah. tricked me. Thought I might get you. All right. Next one. Guy Zen. Guy Zen is definitely a Star Wars character. Oh, sorry. Really? Guy Zinn was an outfielder for the Yankees and Orioles uh, from 1910 to 1915. God, who am I thinking of? I felt very confident in that. I know. You came in hot on that one. Damn. All right. No. <laughs> I I almost did that where I was going to have like, you know, if you get it wrong, it's Vader saying no. And but I, I just stuck with the, the format we've done. So sure. Uh, 
Um, and I used it in the opening song or not song, but the, you know, anyway, was uh, good. Owen Lars. Oh God, there's a couple of Owens I'm thinking about in the Star Wars universe, but man, I cannot think if his last name is Lars or not. Owen Lars. Owen Lars. That Uncle Owen? Yeah, I'm going to say he's a Star Warrior. That's right. This was a good one, Ben. This was this was the one that I thought you might be able to get off of the knowledge. This is Uncle Owen. It's uh-huh. uh, step uncle and surrogate father of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, and uh, there you also uh, family annihilator by uh, neglect. <laughs> and you've got so many Star Wars hot takes. This is uh, <laughs> this is good. All right. Again, if this is alienating, tweet at us. <laughs> Ezra Bridger. Ezra Bridger. Ezra, uh, I don't think that's a Star Wars name. Bridger, I I don't know. I'm guessing this is, sounds like a turn of the century baseball player name, so I'm going to go Ball Star. Yeah, so Ezra Bridger is a 14-year-old con artist, thief, and pickpocket living on the outer rim world of Lothal as the Empire strip mines the resources of his home world. So I don't know what I got this off of the Star Wars wiki. If I didn't grab what uh, what piece of IP he's coming from, but he's yeah. from he's from Rebels, which I, I've watched a little bit of. But Rebels is bad. Okay, yeah, I haven't watched it. It's some of the cartoons. I, I'm also a big Star Wars fan, but I've really only watched like the nine movies. Yeah, some of the cartoons are good, but some of them are yeah. so kiddy that I can't even watch them. I have played I'm, some. I'm of the an games, adult but... that likes Star Wars. What's that? Because I'm an adult that likes Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. All this yeah. kid bullshit. <laughs> uh, i right. sound cooler. Sebi Zavala. Sebi Zavala. I am 99% sure that's a Star Wars character. So, uh, Star Warrior. Damn. He is actually a current player. He is a catcher in the White Sox organization, who I believe... Has played in the majors at one point. Who am I thinking? I think the the alliteration. That's just such a such a Lucas thing. I think I felt confident there. Uh, yeah, I mean that's part of what uh, you know. I had a lot of fun going through Baseball Reference looking for real life names that sound like uh, uh, Star Wars names. Uh, all right. I want to make sure I'm going to try to say this one right. Leo Vahildo Z-Case. Leo, say it again. Leo Vahildo Z-Case. Leo Vahildo. Leo Vahildo. That sounds like Star Wars because it's overcomplicated. Leo Vahildo. But it also... Say it one more time for me. Leo Vahildo Z case. Huh. Oh man. Um, wow. I'm stumped. I am going to not trust my gut because my gut hasn't been helping me and say he's a ball star. 
You got it. There we go. That's an amazing name. Right? He is. Uh, his last name, I, I could be saying this wrong, um, but uh, I tried to have the internet and also Molly helped me figure out how to say it. Um, he is the only player in baseball reference whose last name starts with an X. Uh, he is from Cuba and he was a player for the Cincinnati Clowns, oh my which God. is a Negro League team. Wow. That's an 1940s. amazing pull right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. A few more for you. I love that name. That should be a Star Wars character. Right? It's a great name. Uh, pretty interesting dude. I read a little bit about him as I, uh, you know, was doing this bullshit research. And uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> interesting guy. All right. Uh, Zev Seneska. Zev Seneska. Zev Seneska. Again, that sounds like a Star Wars name, but now I'm almost wondering, did like, did, was George Lucas like looking at old box scores and, and iterating on their names? Um, I am. It sounds like somebody who would be fighting for the rebellion more than it sounds like somebody who would be playing baseball. I'm going to say he is a Star Warrior. like you would be stupid enough. Got it. like you would be stupid enough. unnecessary, C3. I got it right. Soundboard, soundboard malfunction. You're <laughs> the mop head. Uh, you are really right. He's a member of the Rebel Alliance and Rogue Squadron pilot in The Empire Strikes Back. He's designated as Rogue Two. Rogue Two. That will, yep. yeah, he's, tip, Luke is pretty obvious with that. It's like, this guy sounds good. This guy sounds bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Here's another one. Trapper Wolf. Oh, my God. I'm changing my name to Trapper Wolf. That. Oh, if that is a Star Wars character, then I am so sad for not knowing that. Um, but I am 99% sure that this is somebody who played baseball in like 1910s. So ba- a ball star. I thought I'd get you with him. Wow. You're bad at this. Who's Trapper Wolf? What a, I am. I need to. I need he to is a uh, New Republic X-Wing pilot who takes part in the attack on Ranzer... Uh, Ranzer Malk's space station and later rescues the Mandalorian from a swarm of ice spiders on Maldo Kreis. He was actually played by Dave Filoni uh, yeah. in the show. Well, do you remember that from Mandalorian? I, I do remember that. That's when he's, yeah. uh, he's testing out his new ship and he gets pulled over. Yeah. Yep. So that one of them was Trapper Wolf. Well, Dave Filoni giving himself an amazing character name. Good call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, the last one for you. Sweetbread Bailey. Sweetbread Bailey. That has <laughs> to be a ball star. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's a good right. one. Yeah. Sometimes. Isn't that uh, like entrails? What? Aren't sweetbreads entrails? Oh. I don't know. I would have thought like. Night restaurants. Like a like 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 a 
pound cake would be like a sweet bread. Wait, what am I thinking of? Sweet. What, what are thinking you thinking of? of? No, like a, like a donut would be a sweet bread. One second. I'm like Googling a yeast this. donut. Fried sweet breads. What is sweet breads? No, am I? What are you talking about? Well, I don't know what I am talking about. I'm stupid. Well, I'm thinking of something. Okay. Well, what a cliffhanger. We're going to leave this episode on. <laughs> uh, ben, you actually got six out of ten. Okay. Okay. Uh, in Star War or Ball Star. So uh, thank you for playing. Um, that was maybe the worst game we've done so far, but uh, <laughs> you know, good job, I guess. You got an F. Yeah. So that, that feels about right. Yeah. Yeah. Or I guess a sixty would that that'd be a D. Yeah, that's a D I'm passing. Yeah, passing. Sure. You passed the bullshit test. Um, go okay. read some more. Extended universe novels. Sweetbread is a culinary name for the thymus, also called throat, gullet, or neck. Huh? Or, or okay. pancreas. Okay. Or pancreas. Thank you. Um, typically from a calf or a lamb. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I was not insane there. Okay. Gross. <laughs> right up. They're pretty good. Yeah, sure. Um, cool. Well, I'm glad we got there. Uh, and just like we got there, the Cardinals are going to get there this week. Series against the, Balt- uh, against the Baltimore Orioles and the San Francisco Giants uh, should be a good week. We're seeing the top and the bottom of baseball. Uh, so we'll be back next week, as we always are, with another episode on Thursday. Thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. And until next time, go Cardinals. Brian Helsley is a Cy Young candidate. <laughs>